it's hard to take Joe Biden seriously. He has the reverse Midas touch, the uncanny ability to mangle everything he comes in contact with. He could write a book called How to Be a Total Screw-Up. You name it, Joe has managed to make a mess of it. The economy, soaring inflation, gas prices, border chaos, rampant crime, gun violence, his idiotic war on energy, trillions in reckless spending, the Afghanistan debacle, and his complete failure to unite the country. The list is really endless. And whenever things go south, as they always do with Biden, he searches for someone to blame. He's incapable of accepting responsibility for his own blunders. Is it any wonder that his approval ratings are in the toilet? There's a part of me that actually feels sorry for the guy. He can't think his way out of a paper sack. Watching him without a teleprompter is, well, as painful as tooth extraction. You can blame it on the usual geriatric dementia if you want, but the truth is Biden was always intellectually challenged. He's the dimmest bulb in a city bereft of bright lights. In the Obama White House, he was dismissed as a joke. Now he's a feckless puppet president. Others are pulling the strings. And Joe hasn't a clue. Biden's lack of cerebral mass explains how he was so easily manipulated by the progressive wingnuts in his own party who hijacked his presidency. They exploited Joe's incompetence to advance their destructive policies. The result? Well, it was predictable. An economy on the brink of recession with Americans struggling to fill up their gas tanks and put food on the table. Make no mistake, it is Joe Biden's fault. No one's buying the vacuous excuses he keeps offering up. Even worse, he has no real solutions. He won't even bother to consider the obvious remedy, which is producing more domestic oil instead of buying expensive, dirty oil from foreign countries. Biden shut off the spigot here at home and refuses to turn it back on, despite the obvious harm he's causing. With Joe, reverse logic is how he thinks, if you can call it that. So when he read the teleprompter the other night and declared that Congress must ban semi-automatic weapons such as the AR-15, it was just another bad idea from a president who's made a career out of being wrong. His problem is not the NRA or gun manufacturers or those evil and heartless Republicans. No, his obstacle to banning guns is that nettlesome document called the Constitution, specifically the Second Amendment. Joe should get himself a copy of the Bill of Rights, not that his reading comprehension is sufficient to digest its meaning, but maybe, just maybe, Someone could tell him what it means. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Watching the news, seeing the horrors around our nation and beyond, 
the suffering in Ukraine, those left behind in Afghanistan, and here at home, parents trying to feed their kids and fill their gas tanks. Well, I have a warning for you. Inflation and tax hikes are Biden's only way out of our $28 trillion federal debt. If you want to protect your hard-earned money, your IRA, your 401k or savings, you can do that with physical gold and silver. Call now, 855-665-0767 to get your free gold IRA kit. That's right. Call 855-665-0767 and my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to $15,000 or more in free silver with a qualified account. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and tax hikes and the uncertainty of this economy. Protect yourself and your family. Call 855 855- 665-0767 now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. The tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, is heartbreaking by any measure. It's understandable that emotions are running high. And while emotions often lead to action, those actions are not always lawful. This is Joe Biden's real dilemma as I explained in a recent column. What the president is proposing would almost surely violate the Second Amendment. In the landmark case of District of Columbia versus Heller, the U.S. Supreme Court validated an individual's right to keep and bear arms. The court noted that some reasonable and limited regulations would be permissible, including, quote, the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill, or laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in sensitive places such as schools and government buildings, end of quote. But the Heller decision made it abundantly clear that a wholesale ban on a category of guns that more than 15 million Americans already own would run afoul of the Constitution. Biden is wrong when he asserts that Congress has the power to outlaw AR-15 rifles. Just last month, a liberal-leaning Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals struck down a California law involving a semi-automatic weapons ban. The reason? The Second Amendment. Neither the president nor the legislature has the authority to eliminate a constitutional right. That can only be accomplished by amending the Constitution itself. That, of course, would require a two-thirds vote of both houses of Congress and ratification by three-fourths of the states. Given that millions of Americans disagree with Biden's idea, there is little chance the Second Amendment will either be modified or erased. So others in Biden's party want to blow everything up. Here's what Representative Mondaire Jones, Democrat from New York, threatened during a recent House hearing. You will not stop us from advancing the Protecting Our Kids Act today. You will not stop us from passing it in the House next week, and you will not stop us there. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. If the Supreme Court objects, 
we will expand it, and we will not rest until we have taken weapons of war out of circulation in our communities. Each and every day, we will do whatever it takes to end gun violence, whatever it takes. Jones may be suffering from the same delusions that plagued Joe Biden. As a member of the House, Jones has no say in Senate rules involving the filibuster, and there are not enough votes to kill it anyway. Moreover, packing the U.S. Supreme Court, that's an even more toxic non-starter on Capitol Hill. But at least Jones is consistent with Biden's mentality of vapid solutions. Joe has a habit of ignoring the Constitution and ordering lawless actions that then get reversed by federal courts, including the Supreme Court, as way out of bounds. His eviction ban, his workplace vaccine mandate, his transportation mask mandate, his reversal of Trump's remain in Mexico rule. It should come as no surprise that Biden now wants to ban an entire class of guns in violation of the Constitution. Joining me now to talk about it is Ken Paxton, the Attorney General for the state of Texas. And Attorney General, thanks for taking the time. Let me ask you about Joe Biden's recent address to the nation. He called on Congress to ban semi-automatic weapons, specifically the AR-15, which you know, more than 15 million Americans own. Wouldn't that be an unconstitutional interference under the Second Amendment? I think absolutely an unconstitutional interference under the Second Amendment and something that wouldn't work. It's, it's, it makes literally no sense to think that this kid who violated murder laws, we have laws on the books against murder. He didn't follow those. To think that somehow if you put a gun law on the books that he's going to follow that is absurd and ridiculous. And yet they tend to use this as an opportunity to try to limit for law-abiding citizens the ability to use weapons. And as we all know, the founders put that in place to protect citizens against their own government. So all that's all you're really doing is limiting the ability of citizens to do what the founders intended, which is protect themselves from their own government. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, as you know, is pushing a bill that would raise the age to purchase semi-automatic weapons to 21, from 18 to 21. There are six states that have such laws already. What's your view of that? The gunman here in Uvalde was 18 years old. If you Again, raise the solve, age to... Go ahead. Doesn't solve the problem. I mean, this kid is not going to follow a gun law that says he can't have his guns at 18. I know he waited till he was 18, but I don't believe it changes much of anything. And, and the reality is we send these kids at 18 into the military to go defend our country, and then we're going to tell them the majority of them who are in the military now that somehow they can't own these weapons, uh, it doesn't make any sense. There, there are other ways to, to address this problem. None of them are going to be perfect, but certainly better than creating laws for people that kill people. It, it, it makes no sense. It's absurd. Uh, on the other side, uh, there's a group of Republican senators who are working with Democrats uh, to try to fashion a bill that would expand background checks for gun purchases um, and incentivizing red flag laws that would allow family members and school officials and other people to go to court and secure orders uh, that would require the police to seize guns from people considered to be threats to themselves or others. Is that a workable compromise? 
Look, I'm, I'm concerned about that because you have very liberal judges in Texas and other places that uh, might abuse that, uh, who, who wouldn't think about the Second Amendment, wouldn't think about due process. And so it becomes very arbitrary as to each particular judge making their own decision about whether they want you as an American citizen to hold your own gun. I feel like there's tremendous open ability of, of that particular law to be abused, and, and I would not at least as it's been discussed, be a huge fan of that because, again, I think it violates the Second Amendment. But there is one common denominator uh, in most of these mass shootings at school. The the shooter in Uvalde was socially isolated. Uh, He had demonstrated some erratic, violent behavior, including prior threats, to the point that, you know, his nickname uh, was School Shooter. So the warning signs arguably were there. So once again, wouldn't a red flag law that has proper due process uh, required under it, maybe that might have made a difference? You know, I went to the University of Virginia Law School, and one of the things that we learned was bad facts make bad laws. And so, yeah, if you can craft some, a, a law that particularly targets finding somebody like this, I just don't, I don't, I haven't seen it written yet. And I just fear the abuse of that that particular law against law-abiding citizens. There's a lot of other things we can do. We, we, this kid should have been identified in the school system. He was he had dropped out when he was 16 during COVID. It seems to me that somebody should have known that, that, that this kid had problems. But again, I don't know that you can have any law on the books that prevents evil from occurring at all the times. I don't think you can. I don't think it's possible. I think we can do a lot better, but I think the direction should be towards making our schools more difficult to get into and, 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 and finding ways to have people in those buildings, whether we pay law enforcement, we're sending lots of money to the Ukraine. It seems like we might be able to pay law enforcement instead of sending lots of money overseas or have teachers and others trained to, we certainly have those laws in Texas where they can do that. We just haven't had a lot of schools take, take that opportunity. So better school security, uh, the training of teachers for self-defense purposes and defense of others. Um, what about better policing, tougher prosecution for crimes involving guns, a crackdown on repeat offenders, uh, it strikes me it's always the same people who want to ban guns that have worked to undermine law enforcement and the rule of law. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I definitely think that these people should be prosecuted, that, that they've committed a, a gun crime, that there should be a prosecution. And you're right. We have prosecutors all over the country now who are dismissing prosecutions, letting people out early, uh, trying to, to loosen are, are, are the results or the consequences of actually committing crimes, and yet they're willing to have these broad laws that could be used against anybody who most likely would never commit a crime. So I think it ought to be targeted to people that actually have committed crimes and make those prosecutions do something of consequence. Let me ask you about the role of the police officers there that day at Rob Elementary School. What disturbs so many people is the evidence that officers stood outside for more than an hour. The commander on the scene, Pete Arredondo, who was reportedly, he's the chief, uh, he's reportedly there without a police radio, seems to have made a terrible decision not to go in. I mean, this is gunfire is being uh, heard from inside the school as the shooter continues to execute children. And for some 
inexplicable reason, Arredondo concludes the shooter is contained. He orders everybody to fall back. Border Patrol, ICE agents, and a deputy sheriff finally ignored the police chief, and they went in to take out the shooter, which they did. So it seems obvious that there was a complete breakdown of communication and tactical decision-making, and I think it strikes many people as rank incompetence by the Uvalde police force, and in particular, their chief. What do you think? Well, look, it it certainly looks like that to me. I I don't know all the facts yet. I I think we're going to be learning more over the coming weeks. But, you know, is, if it is as it appears, it was clearly a horrible decision that cost the lives of, of, of these children and these teachers, at least some of them, and could have been prevented. And I think they, they had just done training on this. And I think some of the things we've learned from these shootings in the past that have occurred since 1999 is that you don't wait around, that, that, that we've allowed this to happen before. People have died while we've waited. And these shooters kill people while we wait. So we have to have a plan to go in quickly and, and, and take these people out. And my understanding is we had people with, that were armed were there relatively early. Yeah, uh, but they backed off. Uh, and, it, you know, they, they had just gone through training. And, and as you point out correctly, that, you know, officers are trained to immediately confront an active gunman. So it seems so bewildering and, and confounding. Uh, to a great many people. Uh, let me let me turn to something else. Uh, illegal immigration, which you've been wrestling with uh, under the Biden administration. Um, and it's related because it certainly contributes to crime. Biden appears to have done nothing. The border crisis grows worse. In the month of April, there were more than 234,000 encounters with illegal crossings and 110,000 were released into the U.S. And and right now there is a caravan. We've seen the pictures. It's in Mexico. It's heading to the U.S. border with an estimated 10,000 people. And there are some estimates it may grow to 15,000. As the attorney general in Texas, you know, I'm sure you're monitoring the caravan. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, first of all, this is infuriating. From day one, the president has told the world we are not enforcing our laws. We passed them, but I, as president, am dismissing all of them. I want everyone to get here as fast as they can. And he informed the cartels that they needed to expand their network so that they could transport people to the border. And they're not transporting them here to like evade law enforcement. They are transporting them here to be handed over to Border Patrol. This is a handoff. And then Border Patrol processes these people and they send them all over the country in the middle of the night. This is all contrived by the Biden administration in direct violation of federal law. Uh, I think the president, if he should be impeached for anything, it's this, because the reality is we just have to look at what's going on with drug overdoses in this country. It has a direct relationship to the border and the fact that Border Patrol can no longer really cover the border. And we have a 30 percent increase in drug overdoses. We have over 300 Americans a day who are dying. We're, we're, we're dealing with this Uvalde shooting, which is since I think Columbine, the AP reported 169 people have died from school shootings. 169 is 169 too many. However, 300 a day because the Biden administration refuses to monitor the border, to protect the border. And there are no stories. There's no there's no meeting between Democratic and Republican senators to address this. 300 people a day dying. 
And that doesn't count the people who are dying from other crimes. That doesn't count the people who died from COVID. This is a travesty of American justice and American law that this president is allowing this to happen. All we can do is go to court and try to stop it. And we're doing that. You know, I I think you've argued that this is exactly what Joe Biden wanted and his party wanted. These open border policies, illegal immigrant population has now swelled to 11 million plus people. Um, maybe that's why he hasn't bothered to go to the border. I mean, he claims he hasn't had time. The truth is he has plenty of time um, because he really doesn't do much as president. He, he just spent the last four days at the beach and, and not Omaha Beach either. It was Rehoboth Beach. So, I, I mean, it must be so infuriating to you that as the crisis grows day by day, the president won't even bother to go to the border. Look, I think we have to accept the fact that the president wants this. This is a plan. This isn't like an accident. We, he knew exactly, his administration knew exactly what they were doing because we had this under Obama, not to the same extent, but then Trump came in and started enforcing federal law, whether it was remain in Mexico, stopping catch and release, building a wall, enforcing Title 42. All of those have been undone and ignored and, and really done the opposite, knowing exactly the results they would create. So we have to acknowledge that the, this president wants everything that he's getting. He wants, he's, he's willing to accept the drug overdoses, that the crime increases. The illegal immigration is, is something that they have sought, that they have, they have pushed for, and they are continuing to push for. And we need to accept this president wants this result, every part of it. One last question, uh, Mr. Attorney General. You have uh, just now launched an investigation uh, into Twitter for allegedly misreporting fake accounts. Um, and, and you argue that it negatively impacts consumers and businesses and thus violates the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. Do you have any idea how how many fake accounts, what percentage of the accounts on, on Twitter are fake? So this investigation started yesterday, and what we, we do is we issue what are called civil investigative demands. They're really just questions. And all of these questions are designed to get to the bottom of what you just asked about, which is how much deception is there? Have they been dishonest? Have they lied to consumers? Have they lied to businesses? My job under the Texas Constitution, one of my jobs, is to protect against consumer fraud of corporations. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to find out whether Twitter purposely lied about the number of accounts they actually have and then falsely claimed higher numbers than they have, thus misleading consumers and businesses in Texas. That answer, we should have some of these answers. We gave them until June 27th to answer our questions. Hopefully, they'll be honest. They haven't been honest in the past. We've been through this process with them before, and we're in the middle of litigation over it. But hopefully they'll step forward and give us the, the, the answers and we'll know what, what, what the actual facts are. Ken Paxton, Attorney General for the state of Texas, thanks for taking the time to be on The Brief. Glad to do it. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.